Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. Happy New Year to all of our fine listeners out there. We really do appreciate you. You know, I've listened to a lot of episodes today, people doing their year-end reviews. They're doing all the stuff that they're uh, thankful for and very thankful for all their listeners. I'm going to do the same thing as well. Thank you to everyone who has been listening to us. The last couple months have been a little bit weird but we are going to straighten this whole thing out. I don't know what it is about this arbitrary barrier that makes people want to completely shake up their entire lives and change everything and solve all the things that they're doing wrong. I guess it's a good thing. What I want to work on, here's a couple of my resolutions. One of them, I don't want to wait. If there's something I don't like, I don't want to wait until December 31st of this year, 2023, year of our Lord, to decide that I'm going to fix it. And so that's one thing I want to do. You don't have to wait until this all changes because you know what actually happened Saturday night, not to come in and be a libertarian Debbie Downer or anything. You know what happened? It was Saturday and then it was Sunday. That was it. Nothing else was different. All right. I don't want to kill everyone's party, but things for you are not going to change simply because the year changed on the calendar and we switched into a different month. They will only change. And maybe this is the kick that you need to do it. I'm not saying it's fake. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. What I'm saying is don't just expect everything to change because the calendar changed. It's going to actually take you doing something to make it happen. So it's not December of 2023. And you're talking about what you want to change for December, 2024. I already failed one of my resolutions. I failed it today. Before I start recording this video, I'm supposed to clap so I can sync up the audio and the video much easier and I don't waste time trying to make sure everything is linked up. I even put a big sign right here. This amazing sign says clap and it's right here in front of my face on the desk. And you know what I did? I started the podcast and I didn't clap, but guess what? I just snuck one in right there that I can use later on. And you guys think I was just trying to show you what I was going to do. Actually, that was me doing it. Boom, resolution. We're still on track right now. I hope everyone else stays on track with all of yours. And if you need help with that, don't depend on me for it. That is up to you and your family and everyone else who actually responds to messages, texts, stuff like that. So what are we going to talk about? There were some things that happened over the break, some interesting things that happened over the break. I do think that we should mention those. Uh, like the Andrew Tate thing. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Southwest Airlines thing as well. If we have time, we're going to mention this new law in Ukraine, the bastion of democracy and freedom, Ukraine, uh, cracking down on the media. And I would also like to talk about the FBI's plot to kidnap Karen Whitmer, which was foiled, of course, uh, at the at the 11th hour. And someone just got sentenced to, what was it, 20 years for that plot? So we will, we're going to talk about uh, some of the revelations from this as well. That happened right before the break. And a lot of these things get buried in the news cycle, although this Andrew Tate thing is not going to get buried, I don't think. You guys know what happened, but let's, uh, let's talk about it. First off, right out here in the open, I had never heard of Andrew Tate until until the Elon Musk Twitter thing started happening and people started talking about people that needed to be unbanned. I never heard of the guy before. I've listened to a couple things from him. Gonna be honest. Not the biggest fan. 
It's not because uh, I don't like things that are controversial, but uh, it seems like, I'll just put it lightly, because there could be children listening, it seems like a douchebag. Seems like a giant douchebag, a dude that I could not ever stand to ever be around. And I, I got a I got a list we'll run through. With a, apparently this dude is a big deal. And I don't know why. He's famous mostly for being a misogynist. That's what everyone seems to say. Or he just says things that people don't like these days. Once again, news media, I know you're listening. There's the problem. I haven't heard anything of what Andrew Tate has said. I've seen plenty of people say that he has expressed misogynistic viewpoints. I assume a lot of the that is true. But also, I have no clue what to think because you guys lie about everything. And everyone's a misogynist. Everyone's a fascist. Everyone's a racist. Everyone's a white supremacist. All that stuff. I have no clue whether or not any of it is true. Although, let's be honest, we've all seen some quotes. It does seem a little bit too far. He, uh calls out Greta Thunberg, one of my, sorry, one of my least favorite people in the world. Actually, it's not her. It's not her fault. She's very young. It's not really her fault. What bothers me about Greta are all the people who treat her like a saint and like some kind of political world leader. We'll talk more about that in some other episodes and how the leftist ideology loves to use children and is... Um, it, it really, really does advertise and cater to the mind of a child. Can be honest about that. Very easy, very malleable, very easy to manipulate. And you got this kid coming out who's got these ideas that kids have about how we're all going to uh, live in rainbows and unicorns and we're just not going to pollute anymore and all that. And essentially, she's been able to keep saying these things as an adult now, and everyone treats her like these things are actually possible. Okay. Andrew Tate calls her out, posts about his car. Now, this is actually just him wanting to post about his car. And a very posed photo of him putting gas in his car. It looks uh, pretty nice. It's Bugatti, that's fine. I'm sure it's not cheap or whatever. Maybe he rented it for the photo. I, I don't know. It seems like he's got a lot of money. Talking about... The emissions, bunch of emissions from this car. And Greta responds back, says, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at, and I quote, smalldickenergy at getalife.com. Okay. I think, I think that was a pretty good response from Greta. I'm going to continue. Let's just have earmuffs. Let's have a general earmuffs policy for the kids. Parents out there will have general earmuffs policy. And for my parents and family listening, this is important to get the point across. I think what she said was kind of funny. I don't know why she would have that email address, but no, I get the joke. I get the joke. Anytime I hear someone with a giant truck drive by with crazy exhaust, and it's not just that. It's them revving up, or maybe they maybe they peel out at a stoplight or something like that, and it's super loud, and you know, maybe we're sitting on a patio trying to eat. I'm like, oh my God, did you hear how big that guy's dick is? That's what I'll pretty much say all the time. And anyone who has been around me can verify that that is, in fact, what I say when someone peels out, storms away like that. Because, honestly, guys, I did think that that was cool. I'll admit I, was, I thought that was really cool when I was in high school. And so maybe the person was in high school. They're just like me. And eventually they'll realize how much of a waste of money that is. She calls him out. Ends up, dude ends up getting arrested on potential human trafficking and rape charges. 
Holy crap. Seriously. Now, this is originally attributed to the fact that he responded to Greta and there was a pizza box. There's a pizza. This is pizza box gate that happened. And that is what led the Romanian authorities to realize that he was in the country. Turns out that's not true. The authorities that came out and said, no, that's, that's not the case. He's, he was already posting videos from here. Uh, lived in the, in the it, it wasn't the pizza box, guys. But anyway, he's arrested on these charges. He's being de- detained in Romania. Andrew Tate will go from the AP right now. Andrew Tate, a divisive social media personality and former professional kickboxer, was detained in Romania on charge of human trafficking and rape. An official said Friday, Tate, a British citizen who previously was banned from various social media platforms for expressing misogynistic views and hate speech, whatever all that means, was detained late Thursday, along with his British brother, Tristan, uh, in Romania's capital. Uh, two other suspects who are Romanian were also in custody. All four will be held for 30 days during an investigation after a judge extended their initial detention period of 24 hours, said Ramona, Ramona Bala. A spokesperson. So that's all interesting, I guess. Now, in my view, you're you're innocent until you're proven guilty. This is a conspiracy theorist dream scenario right now. And I don't mean to make that a derogatory conspiracy theorist. I mean that there is a theory that there is a conspiracy to take down Andrew Tate because he is out there speaking out against the globalist elites. And so he calls out Greta. Greta responds to him. They decide enough is enough, and they take him down. Finally, they weren't able to silence him. He ends up coming back. He's on Twitter. He's a big deal, making a ton of money, and they finally found a way to shut him down. And that's the theory. Is that true? I got no clue, and neither does anyone else. I mean, you look on Twitter, and you look online, it seems like a lot of people know a lot more than what's been out here around. Now, the other thing I've seen is him, videos of him predicting that something like this would happen to him in the future. And we will play that. And the only reason this is important to me, just like all the other conspiracy theories that we talk about, When it comes to these theories, there's a very important principle that is important in our daily lives for all the news that everyone reads all the time. And that is, you really have no clue. You have to go with whatever there is that there is actually proof of. They can actually use things like this to destroy someone's reputation to the point that they're no longer a factor. I am assuming that the guy's not suicidal, but he's about to spend 30 days in jail, so who knows? There's all types of things like that that can happen. Or there's other stuff. We'll talk about that here in a sec. But let's play this video. Uh, Zuby posted this because Zuby interviewed Andrew Tate. And we'll play this little clip of him talking about the future. Oh, you mean I could influence the world? That's not enough reason to kill me. All they fucking want to do is influence people. It's the number one most important thing on the planet. Influence is all this has ever been about. So when you become the most Googled man on earth and you're influencing people in the opposite direction, it would be ignorant for me to see and not understand there are people sitting around thinking, how do we make this guy go away? And the answer was cancel me and they failed. So what's answer two? It's, it's a scary realization, but it's the truth. I know this intimately. It's absolutely not only a bottom line fact. It's a fact. But this is where we come into what we were saying earlier. Again, 
about baseline moralities. As a religious man, I can't sit and lie. I can't sell my soul and ignore my own eyes. I can't sit and tell people things that I know aren't true because then I'm going to struggle with myself. The battle continues. You either fight against them or you fight against yourself. You have to make a choice. I can't fight against my soul and my heart and my mind. I want them to be on my side, so I must fight against the Matrix. And if they kill me, I didn't kill myself. And that's the end of it. And I'm going to do my very, very best to stay alive. But Okay. I agree, Bailey. His accent is very weird. He sounds like a British guy who is trying to have like a straight-line American accent, but it comes out every once in a while that he's actually British. Ends up sounding a little bit Australian sometimes. I don't know. It is a little bit weird. I will uh, agree with you on that. Now, I've seen videos of this and several other times where Andrew Tate uh, predicted that they were going to do this to take him down sometime in the future. And that is possible. Like I said, it's totally possible, everyone. I completely agree with you on that, for sure. It's also possible that he was involved in whatever this human trafficking ring is, and he knew or he knew that there was a possibility that someday people would find out about that. He had gotten too big for his own britches, and he had this human trafficking thing going on. Maybe that's where a lot of his money actually came from. I don't know. Whatever it is. And he knew that someday this was going to come out, and so he had to go out there and say, hey, they tried to silence me. Who knows what they're going to accuse me of doing next if they come after me for... Whatever else it is, it's clearly just the globalist elites that are out there trying to take me down. Now, what he's saying is possible, but it's also possible that he was setting this up for to be his defense. I just think it's impossible. I think it's important that everyone keeps all the possibilities open at all times. I see a lot of people really sell out on these theories on both sides. Clearly, there's all the theories on both sides. You see people talking. Well, he good thing they arrested him. Because he was running the human trafficking ring. Was he? I don't know. They got 30 days here before they actually are going to do anything about it. You got as much information as I do. I think people are innocent until proven guilty. You're supposed to have that, I believe. Not everywhere in the world, of course. But we don't try to protect that in the U.S. because Americans are somehow special. We do that because we think that's a human right. So we should have that vision for people, regardless of whether or not they're getting arrested in America. So my few last points here, put down some of the points just to make sure. The pizza box did not lead to his arrest. It's fun to talk about, but the, uh, the authorities came out and said that that was not actually the case. I'm sorry. It's fun, though. It is cool. We have no idea whether or not the allegations are true. Uh, Tate either predicted the elites would take him down or he knew that he would need this as a defense. But I will leave you with, he does not seem like a great guy. But I also can see that he's probably playing a character to boost his reach. Biggest problem, though, and this is red flag number one. Everyone needs to keep this in mind. He wears sunglasses indoors during video interviews when the sun is not shining in his eyes. And that is a major problem. Either he actually thinks that he's that cool, which is it does seem possible that he thinks that he is in fact that cool. The only other explanation, I'm not saying it's this one either, is that he doesn't want you to see his eyes when he's talking most of the time because he doesn't want you to see the lies in his lying eyes. Either way, 
I cannot get behind people who wear sunglasses indoors during videos. Just, I'm sorry. He is also the, what I wrote down here was that he's the extremist response to the extreme response to the culture that young men have been dealing with. This toxic masculinity that people have been dealing with, the young people are growing up with, that I think is really confusing for a lot of young men. He is the opposite of that response, in my opinion. Too far, way too far. Maybe something more in the middle where you have personal responsibility and it's okay to have your natural masculine desires that you have, but you should also exercise that power responsibly, men, and not be a total douchebag to everyone and treat people like crap. Okay, let's go on from Andrew Tate. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about all of you, but I feel like I'm my best self when I'm doing things that I truly care about, like this show, day trading, spending time with my family. But when you're overwhelmed, it can be tough to find the motivation to spend time with loved ones or work on a project you need to get done. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel confident, empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. I'm one of the many people that have benefited from therapy. It helped me filter through all the noise, get down to the root cause of my problems so I could actually solve them and move on. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash gml today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Let's talk about the Southwest thing. We need to because our very own group member, Amanda Griffiths, looks like she had a tough time with the Southwest thing. I was uh, chatting with her a little bit, and I saw her tweeting, and uh, she she did post that she had some issues. She told me she had some issues with her bags and, and all that. It's all sorted out now, but... Southwest, uh, they kind of screwed up over the Christmas holiday break. And I know this is a little bit older news, but I did see a lot of people talking about this. And of course, here, what is it that we're missing? It's that the government didn't step in and regulate them harder. You see, because when things are running inefficiently, the, the entity that can get involved and really make things run more smoothly is as we have learned throughout history, is the U.S. government. Why would you argue otherwise? Surely you have no reasons, libertarian, to say that the government wouldn't be able to do that. I'm going to read this thing from Lever News or Lever News. And uh, this person, by the way, we'll, we'll show a tweet from them here pretty soon. State officials warned Buttigieg about airline mess. We'll call him Mayor Pete from now on. Later, I abbreviate his name as Butt, but I'm just going to call him Mayor Pete from now on. Southwest Airlines stranding thousands of Americans during the holiday season is not some unexpected crisis, nor the normal consequence of inclement weather. And federal officials are not powerless bystanders. Before the debacle, attorneys general from both parties were sounding alarms about regulators' lax oversight of the airline industry, imploring them and congressional lawmakers to crack down. For months before Southwest mass cancellation, 38 state attorneys general wrote to congressional leaders declaring that Mayor Pete's agency failed to respond and to provide appropriate recourse to thousands of consumer complaints about airline customer service. This is all, uh, 
surprisingly, a lot of heat has come down on Mayor Pete. You would think that a guy who did terribly as the mayor of a small town would be able to run the Department of Transportation or be the, the secretary, right, and, and run this all of this regulation over all of these little intricate details. You would think you'd be able to just walk right into that job and do really well, right? I mean, after all, he is gay, right? That's his only qualification, so I assume that means that you'd be really good at running transportation. Sure, Americans are justifiably frustrated that federal government agencies charged with overseeing airline consumer protection are unable or unwilling to hold the airline industry accountable. They wrote in August, that was from those 38 attorneys general, arguing that Congress must pass legislation empowering state officials to enforce consumer protection laws against the airlines. Weeks before that, the New York Attorney General Letitia James sent Mayor Pete a letter warning of the deeply troubling and escalating pattern. Even Senator Elizabeth Warren got involved. That's when you know things are really bad because she never steps in uh, when things are actually going to be okay. She only steps in at the very last moment to try and regulate something. It's not just like something she dreams about. Probably has posters up on her wall of different stuff she wants to regulate all the time. Uh, Anyway, Mayor Pete said everything was going to be fine for the holidays, and they weren't. Now, this article points out that Mayor, Mayor Pete not doing a very good job, and the guy who wrote this taking a lot of heat for being a bigot. We'll talk about that later because it's hilarious to watch this happen to people on the left. Earlier this month, Southwest, which received $3.2 billion of government support during the pandemic, announced it was reinstating its quarterly dividend for shareholders at an annual cost of $428 million. So the premise of that, and I'm not going to say the Southwest has done nothing wrong. Clearly, they have done things wrong. We know that. But the premise is, if you essentially get shut down by the government because of a pandemic and they don't allow business and commerce to operate and people to travel, and then they give you $3.2 billion in compensation. Compensation, by the way, it's stolen from the American people, so I can't get behind that. But let's say you're someone who thinks things like that are okay. They give you compensation, $3.2 billion, which is kind of weird because they ended up losing about $3 billion during that 2020 time. Anyway, they get this money. You can no longer give dividends to your shareholders after that. You can't pay out dividends anymore. You receive $3 billion during the time that the government forcefully took away all of your customers. So you can't give. You can't do that. All right? No, that's that's not the case. And it's not that they're perfect in all of their actions that they've taken. But one thing that is really important for shareholders are the dividends. In fact, a lot of people who do their uh, retirement, it's not just these big wigs or anything, but when you are doing retirement, you look at stocks that have dividends and yeah, you pay out. If you made any money, you're going to pay out a shareholder dividend to people because they're, they're part owners of your company. If you don't want them to pay out dividends, it needed to be in the CARES Act in the first place and all the other laws. All right. If they didn't break the law, then I probably want to talk to the people that gave out all the money. The company made that announcement just days after its CEO, who was paid $9 million a year. It's very important to the current problem, I'm sure. Admitted the airline has been slow to modernize its computer and scheduling systems whose breakdown helped fuel the holiday travel disaster. Quote, if you took our cruise, 
If you took our crews, we have a lot moving all over the country, said Southwest CEO Bob Jordan. If they get reassigned, someone needs to call them or chase them down in the airport and tell them. This is Southwest. This is one of the biggest airlines in the country. Someone has to call them or they're going to chase them down in the airport and tell them. They don't have some type of crazy, sophisticated computer system that's just working all this out all the time. Is it their fault for not creating that? Yes, it is. All these cancellations that happened, is it all their fault that this happened? For the most part, it is them not being ready for such a scenario. There is also the flip side of this that two of the spots that got hit really hard, Chicago and Denver, that happens to be two major hubs for Southwest, and those places were hit really, really hard. The way that they do their logistics, a little bit different from all the other airlines, we're not going to get into all that because it's not really going to matter. It's just going to sound like I'm defending them. It's not quite as simple as they screwed up everything. A little bit of Mother Nature involved, but it is their fault. All right. Now, when we go through what people on the left are saying, it's that they haven't been fined for canceling flights. And if they were to be fined by the government for canceling these flights, then this would not have happened. They would have, they would have modernized their computer systems in the last year or two. That is actually a very difficult task to undertake. The guy who normally sits across from me, Charlie, uh, actually got his start helping hospitals modernize their systems. You're talking years-long process to get some of these healthcare systems to be able to modernize. Now, when you're talking about Southwest having to do this, this is a very big undertaking, and I hope they're working on a plan to do this because it's going to take them a very long time to get this rolled out. So they talk about how they have not been fined. That's the problem. On Tuesday, quote, Southwest passengers have experienced unacceptable disruptions and customer service conditions. I have made clear to their executives that our department will hold Southwest accountable for making things right with their customers and employees. Critics are saying that the agency has continued to do almost nothing. Quote, the DOT has announced a rule on refunds that won't take effect for at least two or three years. They sent the airline CEOs a letter and promised to unveil an information dashboard. Wrote the AELP in September 2022. It is yet to find any U.S. airline a single dollar for unpaid refunds, flight cancellations, or systematic violations of consumer protection law, and has issued fewer enforcement orders in 2021 than in any single year of the Trump and Obama administrations. So a lot of heat coming down on Mayor Pete right now. Under pressure, transportation regulators subsequently fined Frontier Airlines. They fined Frontier Airlines, but AELP noted that Mayor Pete's agency declined to do the same against much larger, more politically powerful airlines, despite there being far more complaints against them. So in recent months, Southwest has been lobbying Mayor Pete's department on airline customer service and consumer protection issues and fair fees. According to federal disclosure, Southwest has spent more than $2 million on lobbying since Biden took office and Mayor Pete became Secretary of Transportation. Last year, the company paid at least $796,000 to airline lobbying group Airlines for America. So there are a lot of people blaming Mayor Pete for this. But listen, I, I actually am going to take it easy on him. I don't, I don't think that this is, I don't think he's doing a bad job at what his job is. But the problem is, people think that his job is to keep the planes running on time. But that, you know, us as libertarians, we know that that's not his job. 
his job is actually to find people that don't donate enough money to the airline lobbying groups. And so he's actually doing a pretty good job so far. And anyone who thinks that the government is going to come in and make this work, I don't know what historical evidence you're using to make that determination. You're acting as if all, all of this talk about how the, the government has to come in and teach these airlines a lesson. All the calls for regulation and the fines are all assuming that the airline doesn't care about receiving any future income from any potential future passengers. So all your crazy, busy bullies and regulator Karens out there, the, uh, the idea is that Southwest plan is to continue to charge customers for flights that they never have to complete or return any type of compensation to their customers. And what they think is that if the government doesn't come in, what Southwest Airlines is going to do is continue booking people's flights, not giving people the flights, and not giving them any money back, and they will just live as this massive flight booking agency where you never get to take the flights and the people have to sleep in the airport until the end of time unless the Department of Transportation comes in and solves this problem. That's basically what everyone is saying. That's not, that's not what is necessary. The market is going to take care of this one. There's actually, some, there's actually some competition in this market. There's a little bit of competition. You think the other airlines aren't seeing this? About the pounce on it? About to jump in there and try to get as many as Southwest Airlines passengers that they can possibly get? I can't stand Southwest, to be honest with you. It's something, I don't know what it is about. Like, my wife loves Southwest. Oh, we got to go Southwest. That's the one to use, Southwest. I don't understand why. I really don't get it. I hate the whole pick your own seat thing. Make sure you check in on time. Go pick your seat or whatever. I just want an assigned seat. I don't want anyone giving me dirty looks because I sat the wrong spot or whatever. Or having to get in line with people at a specific time to, to get in there and get my seat. I like to wait until the last minute to go through the gate before the plane takes off. So I just want to have a seat. It's got my name and a number next to it. I can't stand Southwest. Anyway, they're known for being fairly cheap on a lot of different flights, and sometimes you get what you pay for, although they're not the cheapest airline. The market can actually take care of this problem. Um, I don't know what their policy is on the refunds when they cancel for these reasons. I know that it's probably not the best and probably not going to be the most honest. What I suggest is that the market is going to take care of this because other airlines are going to come in, they're going to smell blood in the water, and they're going to try to take all of Southwest customers. That's what they're going to try to do. And the way that they're going to do that is by offering better service than Southwest Airlines offers or by being the more dependable service. So instead of using the government to fine Southwest into dependability, which is going to make it way easier for them to transition their infrastructure, their, all of their computer systems, finding the heck out of them until they get it fixed. That's going to make it really easy on them. I'm sure all of the other airlines would love for the government to do that. I don't think that's going to make it easier on them. In fact, they're going to have to do it so they can keep up with their competition. Because even my wife, who loves Southwest, we have flights coming up in at the end of January. And she said, should we cancel this and rebook on another airline? Because I don't want to have to worry about... Uh, our flight getting canceled before we have to go on this trip and missing missing our cruise. 
because Southwest screwed up. It, the market's going to work this stuff out, guys. There's plenty of stuff. Now, what has been pretty funny is that some of the people on the left who has called Mayor Pete out for not doing his job regulating hard, hard enough are then also being called bigots because Mayor Pete is gay. And they're, of course, only criticizing Mayor Pete because he's gay, which I think is hilarious. There's a little bit of poetic justice. Those people are incorrect. You can actually criticize someone and the way that they're doing their job and it not have anything to do with whatever their sexual orientation is, but whatever. David Sirota, who wrote this uh, article that we just went through, he said, my bad, I momentarily forgot that it's considered apostasy and disloyalty to politely ask the Secretary of Transportation to actually do his job. This person responded, this person has a rainbow flag in their profile name, not that that matters. Is he supposed to leverage trains and EVs during a polar vortex? This is a failing of capitalism and corporate greed. And Pete Buttigieg definitely needs to respond with a plan to prevent future issues with all airlines, but expecting him to fix this is odd. This is a failure of capitalism and corporate greed. This is a this is a failure on Southwest part to solve this potential problem. It it is. There is a lot that they could have done to solve this. They were pretty much the only airline having these issues. Okay? What we need to do is let the market work this out. If the government comes in and makes the market work it out, you're not dealing in capitalism. Also, that $3.2 billion that Southwest received from the CARES Act, not super free market or anything. It could be greedy, of course. I wouldn't really call that a free market capitalism. Of course, the only problem here is that we haven't regulated them hard enough, even though we have the FAA, the DOT, the TSA, you know, taking care of the safety, all types of unions out there taking care of everyone. This is just the free market, just a free market problem. That's what we have. And we also have our favorite, Nina Turner, who started calling out Mayor Pete and then was called a, a bigot. Because she was doing it. Demanding the Secretary of Transportation be held accountable for the department's lack of oversight on airlines, something senators and DAs have been vocal about for months, isn't bigotry. Claiming it is bigotry dis- diminishes actual bigotry. Wow. I love it. I love this way to start the year hearing Nina Turner say that claiming that something is bigotry simply because you called someone out it was gay is diminishing actual bigotry. I wonder if that applies to anything else. Does it? She's had a few based tweets to use uh, some of the, the lingo that people are using these days. She's had some based tweets lately. I feel like someone stole her phone and started tweeting based things because, or people got upset with her because of what she was tweeting. Cause she started tweeting some real dumb stuff over the last couple days. Just switch back. She's like, Oh no, I'm losing my audience. Let's say a whole bunch of really dumb stuff again. And she's, she's keeping some of them now. So why didn't Southwest solve this problem? I wanted to say that this is on them to solve. They need to foresee this. Their CEO needs to foresee this. Everyone else who's working, they need to see that this is a potential. The last couple few years have been really weird. I will say that. With the economy getting shut down and travel being shut down, that's a big deal. Uh, Southwest is doing, I believe, mostly domestic flights and uh you know, it's a bit of a problem for sure there in 2020. 
and even 2021. Uh, they're still down below their pre-pandemic highs. Never recovered that. They've lost about $10 billion in valuation since before the pandemic. But they should have solved this problem. They should have found a way to actually solve this, and they didn't. And why didn't they? I mean, the last couple of years, like I said, have been really weird. And taking all that money and investing it into those systems, that's going to be tough in the current market instability that we have. Not saying it wasn't their fault, but I see why they didn't do it. And I also didn't think that they foresaw the worker problems that we're all having, that everyone is having right now. That's been really tough on anyone running the business. And you imagine running this airline, like if this flight gets canceled, you got to rebook that. You got to also, like, where's that plane coming from to, to, to bring these? That's uh, tough. You need the guy who runs FedEx or something to come in here and do it. Anyway, they've got competition out there. And if they don't do a better job than all the competition, then they're going to lose out. So let the market take care of it. That's what I would say. Let's move on to something else that I think is interesting. This is actually still on the Southwest topic. But while we're talking about how the government needs to come in and force Southwest to modernize their systems by fining them into submission... Should we talk about any of the government's systems that they haven't modernized? Could we mention that whatsoever? We're going to run through this right quick. Like this story here from the Washington Post editorial board saying that Social Security's failure to modernize hurts taxpayers and the disabled. And this is from just a couple days ago, December 31st. Now remember, everyone is saying that the government has to force Southwest Airlines into modernization submission through fines and penalties because they have failed to do so, which is a fault of corporate greed and capitalism that they have not modernized their system so they can, more, uh, they can better take care of the people. What about all the U.S. government systems that they are using, that they are constantly running inefficiently, wasting our money that they take from us? Is anyone paying attention to that stuff other than a few small percentage of fine libertarians out there. No, it's totally fine when the U.S. government does it, isn't it? Isn't it? So let's talk about some of this. There's a little bit of ridiculous here. The Social Security Administration uses a list of obscure and obsolete jobs based on labor market data that hasn't been updated since 1977 to deny thousands of claims annually for disability benefits. What's worse is that the federal government has spent more than $250 million creating a new system over the past decade, but the agency isn't using it. A breathtaking lapse in a $200 billion system that sends checks to 15 million Americans every year. Now, this is, this is specifically Social Security disability that we're talking about. So, you can't work because you're disabled, whatever the problem is. Well, they look through and they say, well... Actually, you don't really qualify for uh, this disability because you could do this job right here, so we can't give that to you. There's still a job that you could do. The Post, Lisa Rents shared stories of people who have been denied benefits because Social Security claimed they could do jobs such as nut sorter, egg processor, or dowel pen inspector. That for all intents and purposes don't exist in this country today. Also on the list, microfilm preparer, telephone quotation clerk, sack repairer, tube operator, eyeglass frame polisher, 
touch-up screener for printed circuit boards and stem mounter for lighting fixtures and Southwest Airlines switchboard operators. Oh, that one's still on there, right? Sorry. Appeals courts increasingly overturn these decisions, which are based on jobs that are not really available because they no longer exist, are now automated or have been offshore. All this traces the embarrassing inability to the bureaucracy to modernize its vocational system after banning its Depression-era Dictionary of Occupational Titles in 1991, the Labor Department developed a new jobs database by 1998. However, after setting that system for a decade, Social Security decided in 2008 that this didn't work for its purposes. It took an additional four years for the agency to sign a contract with the BLS, which is part of the Labor Department, to design a separate system that they are not using. Now, how much money are we putting towards Social Security administrative expenses? This is just in 2017. That doesn't mean the data is, the number is going to be wrong, but it's going to be wrong worse. It's worse than these numbers. This is from the Motley Fool in 2017. Administrative expenses in 2017, $6.5 billion. So they go through what Social Security spends on. Of the remainder, $6.5 billion went to cover the Social Security Administration's administrative expenses. It's the cost of employing thousands of Social Security workers, paying rent on SSA buildings, electricity, and practically any other bill you'd encounter while running offices across the country. That's what's included in the $6.5 billion figure. $6.5 billion just in administrative expenses. And they can't get their act together? They're still using this list from 1977, I believe is what it said. They can't use this system that they've spent, at, by the point that this was written, $250 million creating this system, and they're just not going to use it? Where's the outcry? Where is Elizabeth Warren? Where, where are they? Talking about how we need to force them to modernize their systems. No one cares, do they? You know, while I was reading about this, I found out about something I'd never heard of before. Maybe you guys haven't heard of it either. <clears throat> Inside of the Social Security Administration's budget was something called the Railroad Retirement Financial Interchange, which they spent $4.5 billion on in 2017. $4.5 billion. During the 1930s, lawmakers in Congress set up a national retirement system for railroad, railroad workers and their families since the railroad-sponsored pensions were mostly failing to meet their end of the bargain. In 1951, a financial interchange was created by Congress, retroactive back to 1937, between the Railroad Retirement and Social Security by amending the Railroad Retirement Act. The interchange was designed to allow Social Security trust funds to operate as if railroad employees were covered under Social Security rather than their own system. The interchange provided Social Security with the tax revenues that would otherwise be collected directly from the railroad workers, while Social Security provided to the Railroad Retirement Board the funds that would otherwise be paid directly to railroad beneficiaries. This is something that I had never heard of, and it didn't come up quite enough when we were talking about this whole railroad strike thing. I only got the numbers, and now this is from 2017. I found these numbers on the SSA's website and what their inflow, outflow, their net was from this railroad uh, retirement board. When it first started, of course, they were in the positive, 11 million in 1954, 9.5 million in 1955 in the, in the positive. And then it got pretty bad 
like they lost $1.4 billion, meaning they paid more out to the Railroad Retirement Board than what they received back from the workers that were paying as if they were paying in Social Security taxes to them. In 1990, it was minus $3 billion, 2000, minus $3.6 billion, and 2006, minus $3.8 billion. And like the Motley Fool article that we just read, um, they paid out $4.5 billion in 2017. I'm sorry, that was a little detour there. I've never heard of this thing. If you heard of this thing before, then let me know. What I want to know is why is it okay that the government consistently fails their obligations? Why is, it, why is the answer, when the government fails, that we just need to raise taxes and raise the budget for whatever that department is. And also the answer to any type of market failure, like what happened with Southwest, although they are not operating in the free market. Let's get that clear. Also, the answer to a market failure is that we need to raise taxes and increase the government's budget. Kind of seems like someone's got their finger on the scale right now. I don't, I can't quite figure out who it is. Last story. 44 minutes in by myself. Man receives nearly 20 years in prison for plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Now, I'm assuming this is an FBI agent. But it's not. Not an FBI agent. T- nearly 20 years in prison. When was this article from? This is this pretty recently. Last week, maybe. In court on Wednesday, Niles Kessler, a federal prosecutor, told the judge that, okay, let me get, let me go more into the story. There's a couple of ridiculous things. I am going to spend some time on it. A man who prosecutors said had planned to travel from Delaware to Michigan to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer at her vacation home and possibly assassinate her was sentenced on Wednesday to 19 years and seven months in prison, far less than the life term the prosecutors requested. The man, Barry Croft, a truck driver who had spoken of wanting to foment civil war and had traveled repeatedly to the Midwest for training and planning sessions in the months before his arrest, was the last of the men convicted in federal court to learn his prison term. Judge Jonker of the United States District Court in Western Michigan delivered the sentence the longest for any federal defendant in the case just four days before Ms. Whitmer, a Democrat, was scheduled to be sworn in. In court on Wednesday, Niles Kessler, a federal prosecutor, told the judge that Mr. Croft provided the ideological impetus for the plot and that his conduct was similar in many ways to the actions of foreign terrorists. Okay? Quote, he's the spiritual leader of this group, this movement, the same way some in ISIS might be. Mr. Kessler said later, he added that what ISIS or Al-Qaeda calls a Mujahideen, he calls a patriot. Mr. Cross' lawyer Joshua Blanchard asked Judge Jonker for a shorter sentence. In a sentencing memo, Mr. Blanchard said his client was a devoted father with a history of mental illness and drug use. He also stressed that Mr. Croft, 47, did not attend some of the training sessions and was not involved in some of the chat groups, which orders discussed uh, where where the others discussed the attack plans. But the judge called Mr. Croft the idea guy for the plot. The judge said that he believed Mr. Croft's anti-government worldview motivated others and that he bore more of the blame than Adam Fox, who was sentenced on Tuesday to 16 years. Though the presence of federal informants in the kidnapping scheme made the risk to the governor low. We'll get that one more time. Though the presence of federal informants in the kidnapping scheme made the risk to the governor low, Judge Jonker said... It differed from some other terrorism cases because it was not just ideas and dreams. This group had a lot of guns, 
ammunition, and explosives, and training, Judge Jonker said. Just to be clear, the reason this one was different was because this was not just ideas and dreams. This group had guns and ammo and explosives and training. I just want to point out, I personally, personally I feel it's important to talk about who provided the guns and the ammo and the explosives and the training. Like if that's what differentiates them from other plots or other people who talked about things they wanted to do was the fact that they had all this. I don't know. Maybe it's just has something to do with the fact that the FBI was supplying those things. I don't know. Let's switch over to a Yahoo article here where they say, but a closer look into the foil kidnapping by BuzzFeed revealed that some of the informants the government used appeared to play a far greater role in the plot than had been previously reported. In fact, the informants had a hand in nearly every aspect of the twisted machination, including its inception. New information that extends the FBI's involvement has raised questions as to whether there would have been a conspiracy to take down the Democratic governor without the FBI's help. One Wisconsin-based government informant, for example, helped organize a series of cross-country meetings with extremists. Those meetings allegedly laid the groundwork. That same informant paid for hotel rooms and food as an incentive to get people to come. Another informant, an Iraq war veteran, was so deeply involved in Milton Group that he rose to the ranks and became the second in command. He also encouraged members to work with other suspects and even offered to foot the bill to get people to and from meetings. He also accused... He is also accused of urging the alleged mastermind in the kidnapping plot to carry it out before laying the trap for him to be arrested. This is all pretty gross. Now, that last part, you won't pay attention to that. I thought this was interesting. From BBC, I found this one. The FBI agent was the bomb maker. Remember what separated this plot from just your normal, just people talking about good old-fashioned terrorism was the fact that they had guns, ammo, explosives, and training. Of course, the training was being done by FBI informants. And one of the FBI informants was also the person who was the bomb maker in the plot. Isn't that great? The men who allegedly plotted to kidnap Michigan Democratic governor in 2020 sought to buy bombs with IOUs. The court was told FBI agent Timothy Bates testified Monday that he imposed undercover as a bomb maker and infiltrated the plotters group. The group was excited to buy bombs, and did, but did not have the funds, he said. The government says the men are armed extremists who targeted Gretchen Whitmer over COVID-19 policies, but lawyers for the four accused argue they were entrapped by the FBI. The group planned to kidnap her. We know all that. Mr. Bates was embedded with them, within them under the guise of being a bomb maker named Red. He had convinced them he had access to high-grade explosives. The plan, he said, was to abduct the governor, blow up one of the bridges in the vicinity of her home to thwart law enforcement. The agent said he showed videos of explosives to the defendants. Mr. Fox, said to be the group's ringleader, was excited about the explosives and asked Mr. Bates if he would take an IOU while he put together $4,000. Under cross-examination, Mr. Bates acknowledged that he had not ever been paid to procure the explosives. This is all pretty weird right there. Let me tell you what it is. Okay. Here's the problem with this whole situation. In fact, first off, let me just let me just tell you this. I'm going to do a shameless shameless plug. Is it shameless? I don't know. Go over to our merch store right now. You may or may not find some some good merch that I 
probably put slides of because of today's conversation about this plot. Look at this new coffee mug that I put up. I made this design a while back. You can go to godhatesfeds.com or you can go to Burn Your Lies, which is going to bring you to a button where you can go to our merch store. That's fine. Look at this great, fine coffee mug. It says pro-insurrection since 1776. And on the logo, you'll find a couple muskets. Got yourself a revolver, a torch, tar and feathers. Just one feather, actually. Tars and feather and a star. Right there on that coffee mug you can find. Now, the people in the live group who join via joingmail.com, they get a little promo code to, you know, get some money off on that thing. That's great. That's great. Look at this new shirt. That's a pretty good shirt. It says the answer to 1984-1776, and that is a fine design, I might add. It's a very fine design. I'm a pretty fine-looking person, if I also throw that out there. And then I happen, coincidentally, to be wearing this God Hates Fed shirt for today's episode. If you're watching on the video, you probably already noticed. It says Feds down at the bottom, not other stuff. You might have thought it said. So, these types of things really bother me when it comes to this foiled plan. And I'll tell you why. First off, you're going to be on a list if you buy any of this merch. Okay? The tags I put on there on the merch store just... I'm going to warn you, you're going to be on a list. You're probably already on a list, but maybe it'll bump you up another list. To me, I think that's a badge of honor, in my opinion. You're going to be on a list if you buy those, just fair warning. I want everyone to remember that this is what the state will do to anyone that tries to challenge its power. It, It will. And I'm not even saying that these guys were right about what they wanted to do. Um... When I consider things like this, and not that I consider the viability of them actually, let's consider the viability of uh, them having a positive outcome for liberty. This wouldn't have one. Would you? Now, apparently this guy had, one of them had mental problems. They were clearly entrapped by the FBI. They shouldn't have wanted, they shouldn't have actually gone that far into the process in the first place. Um, But if you look at what the outcome is going to be with something, it's not a positive outcome. It's not as if you're going to do this, you're going to kidnap or say terrible things happen. And what? Governors around the country, they say, oh, crap. Our lives are at risk. We better give away all this power now. We better give back all these liberties to the people. Nope. Um, That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is what we've seen since January 6th which is them using that as a precursor for taking even more of your rights. Not saying that nothing should ever happen, but it's got to be it's got to be effective. I'm not calling for anything to happen. I hope that there's still a way that we can vote ourselves out of this problem. I really do. But if you're going to do anything, think it through and see what the positive outcome might be and in this case there isn't one. January 6th there wasn't one. And so that's got to be a pretty darn big movement, okay? But anyone who discusses things like this is going to be a domestic terrorist, crazy, right-wing extremist, probably a white supremacist. And that is, of course, what these people who want to protect their power are always going to portray everyone as being. And they will find some crazies to point out because there are crazies. A lot of times the crazies are the first people to decide they're going to do this, as we have seen in the past. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. That was a lot for one person to go through today. I had a whole other story about Ukraine cracking down on the media, but when Charlie's here tomorrow, we're talk we're going to talk about that. Okay, so if you check out the merch store, it's a, it's an Etsy shop. Okay? Etsy shop. You can go to godhatesfeds.com, godhatesfeds.com, or you can go to bernielies.com. Takes you to all of the links to all of our stuff, and the first button says merch. You click on that one. Takes you to our Etsy shop. You go do that. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children, tell all of them that they need to listen to Good Morning Liberty every single day of the week when we want to. That way they can be indoctrinated with individualism, personal responsibility, all the different ways that we are going to take over the world by allowing you to control your own life. If you do all that stuff, leave a rating and review. We'll be back here again tomorrow. Same Liberty time, same Liberty channel. Till then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.